favorite tree for fall colors? Without a doubt. What's yours? Uh, I love a red maple. A oh. good, beautiful, bright red. And there are several of those around. One of which is right here in our property. On the east side of the parking lot by the pond. Really? There's a beautiful, beautiful tree. Well, that sounds delightful. We're having a new tree uh, planted in our backyard this fall. I forget what it's I picked it based on name. It's called like a blazing maple or a... Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I don't know because there's a lot of maples. Uh, it doesn't... I know for sure it will not shed those helicopters in the fall or in the spring. That was okay. important to me. Uh, do you want to say who we are and why, what we're talking about? Well, <laughs> I guess. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. Michael here with Father Herb. Hello, everyone. And uh, the topic today is... Fall colors. Fall colors. No, I, I'm just excited because the temperatures are cool. It's starting to feel like fall outside. At Tuesday, the 22nd of September, is the first day of autumn. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's coming up very quickly. By the way, speaking of outside, have you been checking out the sky this week? I haven't told you what I, I found out online. There's, there's a sky out there. The sky is out there, but you notice how hazy it's looked this week or yesterday and today? Well, it was foggy when I came into work this morning, but I'm not sure what you're referring to. So the sky overhead here in the Midwest and most of the northern part of the country, it's uh, the smoke from the fires on the West Coast. It's so coming this far. It's coming. Th I think that's absolutely incredible um, that it's pretty much cloudless outside, but it still looks like a cloudy day here. Uh, they said it's like 16,000 feet above ground, but it's the smoke traveling this direction. And then it's crazy. Well, first of all, I feel feel so bad for the people who have lost their homes, yeah. people evacuated. I feel so bad for the trees that are destroyed um, and not to mention the wildlife. Uh, it's It's just really... It's a crisis, and I think we have to look at it as a crisis, sure. and we have to say there is something going wrong, and we have to acknowledge that. Did you see some of the pictures from San Francisco last week that almost with, looked filtered? With the orange sky yeah. or something? Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I found myself not being able to look at those. It, like you I, couldn't I, stomach I looked at it. it once, and then that was enough. It was like I, it hurt me so much. Yeah. I, It's amazing. I can talk about lots of other crucial issues in the world but the the fires have really uh, burned me deep no pun intended. no pun intended with well, that said however we're not going to dwell on fire and smoke filled skies there's other well, things. There's, we'll save that for the end of the liturgical year yeah <laughs> there'll be sky uh, signs in the sky yeah but we are going to talk about some other good news happening we have a new staff member joining us this week we do bobby his name is Robert, and he goes by Bobby. He does. Uh, we should, you know what? He's not here, but we should have him on the podcast soon. Wouldn't that be great? So people can get to know him. I'm guessing he may be en route right now. They are moving to Ohio this week. Yeah. I Something tells me their plan was to uh, come to their new house, which is waiting for them, on the 17th, which is Thursday. That's great. We're recording this on the 15th. Driving up from Texas with three little kids, they're probably en route right now. I do not envy him. Uh, we're excited, though. It's going to be great. Uh, Bobby's going to be working with our high school students and young adults here at the parish. Um, many of you know that Paul, our former high school youth minister, went on to teach at Central Catholic. 
And I can say, being I've been at Central Catholic for Mass a couple times already this school year. Paul looks like a high school teacher already. He's fitting right in. He looks great. Is there a look? Oh, yeah. Total total look to high school teachers, which is good. I love high school teachers. So he, he looks like he's he's fitting right in. He's really enjoying it there with the students. Uh, but Bobby will be here uh, the end of this week, starting officially next week. And, yeah, we'll get him on the podcast. I think that could be. That would be great. We'll put him on the hot we'll seat. We'll introduce him. Okay. And are you ready for this week? What's this week? This is the 24th Sunday, 25th Sunday of Ordinary Time. I was going to say, let's not repeat it. We <laughs> Let's do the 25th. And it is also probably the most challenging parable for 21st century Americans to hear, although I suspect it was challenging in the 20th century and in the 19th century. And, of course, it was challenging in the 1st century. That's good. Jesus liked to challenge. Yes, and this one is tough. It's challenging because people don't know how to take it, and they see themselves directly involved. <laughs> they would, they would. Complain. I hear people say the same thing about the podcast. They're not sure how to take it. Okay. With that said, I'm, I've asked Michael <laughs> to read the first half of the gospel. All right, Matthew, I, I get the good part. Matthew chapter twenty, starting right at the beginning with verse one, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with them for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. Going out about nine o'clock, the landowner saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You too go into my vineyard, and I will give you what is just. So they went off. And he went out again around noon, and around three o'clock, and did likewise. Going out about five o'clock, the landowner found others standing around and said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They answered, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You too go into my vineyard. When it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Summon the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five o'clock came, each received the usual daily wage. So when the first came, they thought that they would receive more, but each of them also got the usual wage. And on receiving it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last ones worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who bore the day's burdens and the heat. He said to one of them in reply, My friend, I am not cheating you. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give this last one the same as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Thus the last will be first and the first will be last. And I said this is very hard to take because we have this sense of equality based on what we do. Sure. You work more hours, you get paid more. Mm -hmm. If I did that with the staff, who would get paid the most? I'm not. You don't have to answer. <laughs> well, it would probably be you, actually. <laughs> You're a hardworking pastor. Yeah. Actually, I was as I was reading my section, I was thinking um, <laughs> you coming out and seeing us saying, hey, why are you guys all standing around here? And we say, well, because nobody hired us. And you say, 
Yes, I did. Go get to work. <laughs> well, do you remember what I kept saying back during the uh, end of March, May, uh, April, and May? Yeah. Uh, we all basically the, uh, worked from home. Sure. We were here a little bit, a few hours every day. And I jokingly always said, when I say work from home, I emphasize the work. Mm. When I we say am- work from home, <laughs> you hear the word home. And we rejoice. Our hearts leapt for joy. Uh, you know, I think sometimes we are definitely in a society, though, that v- values uh, quantity maybe over quality. I know a lot of people that work for a very long time and maybe even work very hard, but it doesn't mean that they necessarily produce a lot of great results. Well, that may be true, but also, you know, you hear people complain, you know, the doctor came into the office to see me and he or she spent three minutes and then I got the bill. Sure. Of course, you're not paying for the three minutes. You're, you're paying for their expertise and all their training and all, all that brought them to that level sure. of whatever's going on. But we still have that notion that, I think it's a notion of fairness, but it's an unfair notion of fairness. And we have this thing that everything has to be equated somehow. Uh, if I work, by the way, the, those first labors, it was like six 6.30 in the morning till about 6 at night. That's a long time. Yeah. So they did bear the heat of the day. They worked long days. Uh, it was in a vineyard. Does that mean they got to have some grape juice in mid-morning and mid-afternoon? <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, they might have had a little bit of water if they found something. They might have been able to stop for something to eat if they could. But it was basically hard work. Mm-hmm. It really was hard. But they agreed for the usual daily wage. So the owner was not saying, well, I'll pay you what I want afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've ever had that where you think you're going to get paid more, but it was a misunderstanding. And no, you don't get paid more. Uh, you you agreed to a particular wage. Sure. Or have we been on the flip side where we hired somebody to do something for us and we agreed to a particular amount, but then something went wrong or it took longer. And so we were charged more as a result. Oh yeah. I had to, I have to charge you more because I had this little problem come up. Right. Oh yeah. There's, that's pretty common. Yeah. Uh, get your car fixed. Well, there's also this (laughs) now I've noticed that in car repair, they, if you're sitting in the waiting room, they say, well, we found this. What do you want us to do? And usually you say, well, you better fix it because I want to be able to drive my car home. Right. <laughs> Just glue it back on. It'll yeah. be fine. But the, yeah, the, the, the reason people have trouble with this is we equate it with God. Why do, do some people seem to have all the natural breaks and others don't? And if you look around, and we're doing it very externally, because we don't know what's going on in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. But it always appears some people have it made. Uh, everything in their family is great. All their kids are talented and beautiful and popular. Sure. Uh, good in every sport. You know, it's, and then we have the others who, like, no matter what happens, they just don't make it. That's also been magnified, though, because online we only post the good things, right? We're, it's, it's our highlight reel. Oh, check out this great dinner we had. Oh, check out what our kids accomplished. Oh, this is so funny. Have you, have you ever read those uh, Christmas letters that people send? I don't mind the letters where people just update what their kids are doing. Sure. But 
once in a while you still get the letter that brags about the kids. Mm. Uh, you know, my my son just uh, finished uh, Cal, um, Harvard in three years, and uh, <laughs> and and my daughter is uh, di- now directing such and such a program for the United Nations, and uh, and then when you know we we had a chance to meet the Pope last week, and you know it goes on and on. And he on. came over for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so sometimes. People lorded over you. You you wonder what's really going on, but we don't know how satisfied people are or how happy people are. Sure. The reality is, God does give different gifts to different people, and probably more gifts to some than to other people. It's not it's not like, okay, I've got the looks and you've got the talent. Uh, we know that's true in this relationship, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it it might be that one person has everything and the other one is limited. All we can say, though, is what we have is what we have. So we have to discover our value is not based on pay. Mm-hmm. Our value is not based on accomplishments. Our value is not based on a title or even how others acclaim us. Mm-hmm. Our value comes from being loved by God and made in God's image and likeness. Yeah. You know, a lot of times we would call that the dignity of the human person. And I totally uh, support and acknowledge that concept and what the church teaches in that way. But I think also sometimes that's hard for people to accept in, in reality to say, well, you know, whatever their their complaints may be or whatever they're disgruntled with or the hard time that they're going through x y or z it's easy in ministry or as church folk to say well that's okay because god still loves you it's true it's profound it's all we could ever need but does it really heal people the way that we want it to well it's it's a pietism and often when you say something like that you're basically telling people i don't want to hear anymore Stop complaining. Mm. And we're basically slamming the door on them. Uh, rather than tell them that, we have to find a way to help people discover that for themselves. Sure. And that's a long, much longer process. But you know, that, that old thing about, oh yeah, God loves you. Yeah, sure. I, of course. God <laughs> has to love everybody. By the way, if people take sound bites of this show this week, we're going to come off pretty bad. <laughs> well, I, I love We the, need context. I love the quote from St. Teresa of Avila. And you need to know, you need to know whenever I'm not sure who actually said something, I <laughs> say it was Teresa of Avila. You know what? You've said that to me before. She, I've uh, heard a lot from her. She's very wise. She is wise, but this one I'm pretty sure is from her. Okay. Uh, she was a mystic. She also wrote quite a bit, but one time after prayer, she said, I've come to believe that if I were the only person alive in the world today, God could not love me more than God loves me right now. In other words, we say God loves you, but we also mentally think, oh, okay, there's seven billion people in the world. I get one seven billionth of God's love. Sure. No, we get 100% of God's love all the time because God has the ability of total love for each person. Hmm. we cannot even fathom that. The closest you can come is to say you love both of your daughters totally. Sure. Uh, 
but even there, we humans are limited. Well, I've shared that on the podcast before. I believe that even when, when our second daughter was born, you know, I thought, how could I possibly love anybody as much as I loved the first one? And then she was born, and it's just an inc- an incredible attachment. So, does either and, of them listen to the podcast? Uh, so, sometimes they do. Well, more so when they were driving around a lot in the car with their mom. Now they just stay home all the time. But, yeah. um. Uh, for me, that moment, honestly, was a revelation of that if God gives us the ability to love equally in that way of our own children, it's like a tiny glimpse into the love that God has for all of humanity. Uh, it's like that we get to participate that in the tiniest way, and that if our human our humanness allows us to do that, imagine how exponential and un, un, incomprehensible that is for God. Yeah, and it's even it's it's so incomprehensible that we can't even talk about it. We just have to find it, as Teresa did in mystical prayer, where you're immersed into the love of God. So, what do we do with that? So, let's take it. Okay, so now somebody acknowledges, "Oh, life's good. God loves me." So now what? Okay, I would, and that's kind of where I was going to go right now. Anyway, oh good, because this whole parable is based on the work or the lack of a day's work by these uh, laborers, Mm -hmm. you know, working one hour, even I could do that. That's called mass. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when uh, my sister's kids were pretty young. One of my nephews, one of her kids said, you know, I decided I want to be a priest. Uncle Herb just works uh, one day a week. Sundays. And I think Judy added, and even then only in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Until <laughs> we had that Sunday but, night but, mass. But he, sometimes we find all of our worth based on the external um, rewards. Pay. Mm-hmm. How much we get paid. It's, it's, almost like, it's almost like saying that's what makes us valuable. Uh, I... I get paid more than you do, therefore I am better than, it's not just I'm more valued, but I am better. You know, we just keep growing this whole thing. Uh, An elitism. It's an elitism. Competition. But but then there's so much connected with uh, pay. And again, I don't mean just literally somebody's salary, but how much they're recognized, how how many accolades they get. You you, know, you mentioned in podcast last week or two weeks ago that you you always got the 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 ribbons for participation and things. I, did I say that? I think you did. I don't. You? I don't remember. Did you get participant? You didn't even get participation. I was awards. so bad at sports they didn't even think I participated. No, okay. we don't. I don't remember that conversation. But I, to be honest, yes, I'm a millennial. I always got participation ribbons. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think the whole attempt behind that was to say, you know, some people are more successful than others. Some people will win the the gold medal and the silver medal and the bronze medal, and others then they always say, well, you're a winner just to participate. Sure. You know, especially when you make it to the Olympics. Right. But what if you don't even make it to the Olympics? What if you don't even make it to, uh, you don't make the cut to be on the the little league team? Is life over? Even at the age of thirty-five, you still can't play little league. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I never really wanted to be on the on the team anyway. That's the <laughs> oh, that's fair. So what? But you're asking all these questions. So what? What, what well, do you do? 
what you do is you have to find the the value is not from the ex- outside in, but from the inside out. Right. I don't think these laborers were bad people. I think they were happy to work for the whole day mm-hmm. because they had agreed on the wage. Yeah. I think the the trouble came at the end when somehow someone else seemed to get something for less work. Sure. So they felt slighted. And they weren't slighted really. They and they were probably just glad to have a a, day, uh, a job. Yeah. I bet in the morning when they got selected, they thought they were the lucky ones. This is their this is the day. This is the day we need the money. Right. But as the day went on and other people were added, they probably, oh, this is good. There's other people working, so it's not just us. But at the end, they, they wanted more and because they, they thought that that would justify or somehow show value for all that they had contributed in the course of the day. Which is funny because they're walking away with exactly what they deserved, for, for lack of a better word, and... The, they're instead of being happy for the others that now can also go feed that them. It takes a big person to be happy for somebody else's uh, success. Sure. Well, I think that's how we continue to react to God's love because if we truly acknowledge that God loves us, if all we do is absorb that and use it for ourselves, then we're not spreading it to others. So we must also be a reflection of God's love to other people around us. Lot, lot to be said here. I told you it's a hard, hard parable. It is. I, I uh, read something in a book this morning that actually applies to this, and I shared it on social on my social media this morning. But it was simply just asking a question: If God answered any one of our prayers, or every one of our prayers, if God answered every one of our prayers, would it affect anybody else's life or just yours? So. Are we just worried about what we need and what's in it for us? Are we overflowing and sharing that love with other people? And can we rejoice at somebody else's success? I'm going to rejoice at your success because I care about you. Thank you. Yeah, I'll do the same. (laughs) I had to think. All right. I'll see you guys. God bless.